love. Now, earlier in the year, we had a whole discussion about, um, we did 40 days of love. And so we're going to kind of break down just love today. Love is that foundation that every other fruit has. Without love, it doesn't matter. And so that's why the background scripture is going to be that 1 Corinthians uh, chapter. Because this is the thing as we proceed on. Many times we'll say, well, you know, I'm just telling them something. I'm telling them this and that. If you're not doing it in love, as the scripture points out, it doesn't mean anything. If I'm preaching to you and I have no love for you, it does not mean anything. If I'm telling you everything that's, uh, you know, all the news or, or the things that you need to improve on, if I'm not doing with love, it does not mean anything. Now, love, in this uh, situation, love, when we get down to it, is not simply an emotion. And this fruit is not simply some kind of emotion or just a fruit. It's going to be talking about act, deed, work. And so uh, Galatians, and we're really focusing on 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. But the fruit. Now, Galatians, I just want to give you a background. Galatians is a book that Paul is writing to the early church in the province of Galatia. Now, Galatia, as you can see, is where modern-day Turkey is. Now, today, you wouldn't know Galatia was there. But Galatia was right there in what back in the day we call Asia Minor. And so Paul is writing in chapter 5. He wants to contrast our life. He wants to let us understand when you go to verse 21, you can do all these evil deeds, but you're not going to get anything out of it. But when you come to verse 22, that these are the fruit of the Spirit. Now the fruit, in the Greek it says karpos. Karpos. This fruit is work at thee. So he's not just saying this byproduct of living. He's saying that there's going to be some kind of act. There's going to be some kind of work. There's going to be some kind of deed of being in the Spirit. Now understand, when we go back, the fruit of the Spirit. This is not the fruit of Mark. This is not a fruit of you. This is a fruit of the Spirit within our life. Because many times we say, well, what was the fruit of Mark? You're not going to be happy. As we talked about last week, you can get a fruit that looks good, but inside has full of worms. Looks good. You take that bite, you got a shock of your life. But many of our fruit is like that. And so when we come to it, we had to have that carpos, that carpos of our fruit, carpos. And so what is your foundation? Is the foundation of how you are proceeding and acting, is it a foundation that's built on, and let me back up foundation. Foundation is what you lay your house on. Now you can lay it on a bad foundation, right? And your foundation can start cracking, right? If you have a bad foundation, what I found out, you don't put on a roof. We have some people that have houses that have bad foundation. That they can't proceed on working on anything else in the house because they first need to work on the foundation of the house. I got a house right now that I'm working with the owner in South Dallas. In the, in the house, when we go in there, it looks like a, a funny house. You ever been in those funny houses where you walk up, 
And he walking down, it gets small, it get wide, and it, I was walking so much in there, and it's real tight. The house is not bigger than probably this right here. But it got so tight, I started getting a headache, because I'm like, why is the roof coming down on my head? Now why am I keep walking now and walking up? What's going on? Why am I not walking sideways? And the whole thing to the house was the foundation had been gone. House probably built 1930s, and, and back in the day, they used to put the wood, cut those, when you see the, those, uh, the, the, uh, help me, what, the pillar of the tree. They used to cut the tree and put that, that was to be the foundation of the house. Now today, today, you're going to see a Dr. Horton house, you ain't going to see no tree underneath the house, right? You're going to be like, I'm not paying $200,000 for no tree to be my foundation. But that's what they were building it. Am I right? When you look at some of these old houses, old houses, look underneath. And you're like, there's some trees underneath there. And what's happened to this house, the tree has started to collapse and start to rot. Water has gone to it. They haven't taken care of it. The foundation has gone bad. The foundation has gone bad. Well, let's go back to our life. When we have built our life, we were born into sin. Am I right? We're born into sin, and so the foundation that we have was a little rocky. The foundation that we had was not solid. The foundation that we had was not something that was right. It was a foil or spoiled foundation, something that was going to rock. And when you looked at your life, your life was a funny house before Christ. And if you don't have Christ, it's a funny house. Why I say that? It's some things, you're walking up in your life, it, it feels like, well, this is right. Even when I walk into the house, I said, y'all don't see nothing wrong with the house? They said, no. And you know how somebody look at you, and you know they're like, well, you know there's something wrong with the house. Why are you going to ask me that question? Well, I want you to say something wrong with the house. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, we're working on some things. And when you find a lot of people, when they in their sin, and you say, well, do you see something wrong with that? Well, I mean, do you see something wrong? I don't need a question back. I want you to admit. But we get into that defensive mode, just like this owner in a defensive mode. And I'm saying, you want to put the roof on? He can't put siding on. Understand, you can't do anything to a house. Put a window, a door, anything, a bathtub, toilet, anything to your house. A sink is the foundation bad. When you have a bad foundation, it does not matter what else you do. The foundation has ruined your progress. And so, you have to understand, when we become a Christian, our true foundation is in Christ Jesus. He is our rock. If your foundation is on the sand of sin, it's going to wash into the sea. But when it's on the rock of Jesus, it stands firm. Now, when we say, if love is the foundation, understand God is love. So that's what we're saying. We're equating all this together. When we say Christ is your foundation, Christ is love. God, remember, Christ is God. So all this, that's your foundation. What is your foundation on right now? What's your foundation on? Now, sometimes we want to add stuff underneath the house. The, uh, I don't know about you. My degree is not in carpentry. It's not in no foundation work. If I get underneath that house... And I start doing stuff, I don't jack that house up. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Many of us are trying to do a God kind of work in our life. 
And we're trying to do a God kind of foundation work in our life. And we're jacking up our life. We're like, well, I think I need to assist God in this. No, you're jacking up your foundation. God already laid the foundation. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it ever again. And understand that foundation. So let's talk about love. Now, in Webster, it says that love is a strong affection for one another. A feeling of king, kingship, affection, tenderness, uh, warm, da-da-da-da-da. In English, when we say love, we just got love. I love a Mustang. I love my wife. Now, in our heads, that's not the same love, right? Or should not be. In the Greek, because some people say our, our language is a lazy language. We'll say love, and we'll love from, uh, man, I love uh, sunny days. And sunny days will be the same love that you love for hamburger. And that same love that you, we have a easy, lang, a lazy language. The Greek says love in different forms. We have eros. Now, this is gone with the wind. I know they got this gone with the wind fabulous, which that's a whole different discussion. Um, that's a whole different discussion. We won't fully partake in today. But I hope y'all not gone with the wind fabulous. I hope not. Because her house burned down. So, and gone with the wind, as you can see, when you got that Eros, he got something else on his mind. His mind did not say, hey, how you doing? All right? So he got an Eros. Now I want you to understand, in the Bible, when we get to the Greek, and when we get into the Bible, there is no mention of Eros. When you get into the Old Testament, there's no mention of Eros. God is, has a love letter that he wrote to us in his word. And his, in his word, he does not have no sensual love towards us. No sensual love. Now we got, so I'm going back in the day for y'all. Got some old back in the day stuff. This is a rat pack for some of my people that don't understand. These three were friends. Bail one another out, did whatever. They were real friends. Well, that's that filios. Filios is a type of friendship. Many of us got some filios love for one another. Now, but filios ends at a certain point. If some friends, you know you don't pick up at the first of the month. Because the first of the month, they always don't have money, and they always going to try to beg off you. So you just say, I don't want to have no problems. And some friends on, on the Philios that you're not going to pick up the phone on Friday night because you know you got to bail them out of jail. And you say, I ain't got that bail money for you today. I can't pick up today. And some friends that you don't pick up because you know they're going to gossip and stir you up and hit all your buttons. So you know, I got a friendship for you, but I don't have time. We all got a type of Philios. Some Philios are stronger than others. Some of us got Philios work or work friends. Well, they're truly work friends. We ain't going to do nothing outside this work. We ain't going to go eat together. We ain't going to go vacation together. We ain't do none of that. We are work friends. Some of us have so-called church friends. I'll worship with you, but don't call me on Saturday. And don't, I'll see you on Wednesday. But we ain't going to do nothing outside this church. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of us got Philios is a conditional type of love. Eros is the same. Conditional. Because understand, going back to Eros, if Scarlett O'Hara is not looking good, Rhett, uh, Rhett is not going to want to touch him. If Rhett breath too tough, Scarlett going to say, back up off me, bro. Here, Philios, this, that friendship love, it's got that same kind of conditions. 
You do certain things, I'm done with you. But understand, we have a agape love. And this is what we get into. When we get to, in the Greek, he's talking about a agape love. Agape. That agape. Unconditional love is our foundation. Now, this is how Jesus can prove it. He died on the cross for us. He died for us when we were yet sinners. We didn't do anything for him to die. He did it all so that we could be free. We have friendships that they better do something first before we do something. We did nothing. Now understand, let's backtrack a little bit. Jesus knew that he was going to die on the cross when Adam was being formed. He knew he was going to die on the cross when the, the light was set up in the sky. He knew he was going to die on that cross. He knew before we sinned that we were going to mess up. God said, I'm going to give them free will because I could go dictate their life, but that's not love. See, that's not agape love. Agape love is based off of unconditional love. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're talking to or how you're talking to, no matter how you're dressed, I love you. It's unconditional. God made Adam knowing that Adam was going to betray him. Now that's some love. Now, agape love will wash the sins away. Agape love will go and heal you from your mess. Agape love will do that. Now, let's get into, let's open our Bibles up to 1 Corinthians 13 real quick. Some of us, I know we got our phones. So if you got your phone, 1 Corinthians, some of us got it uh, alphabetical. Some of us have it. We're just waiting for our stuff to load. Pastor, somewhere talking about himself here. So we're in First Corinthians 13. And I want to focus on four through seven. I want to focus on four through seven. And I want us. And the one thing I like about the phone, you can hit different versions. And here it says, "Love suffers long and is kind." Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Does not provoke. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Let me go to the uh, New American Standard. That was New King James. Not the one to hit the New American the Amplified for you. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not, it is not boastful nor vain glorious. Does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude or mannerly. It does not act becomingly. Love, God love in us, does not insist on its own rights or his own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy, or fretful, or resentful. It is not. It takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteous, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes and is every ready to believe the best in every person. It hopes are faithless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. 
I don't want to give that amplified because that amplified is coming from the Greek. So love, especially that last part, it does not fail. Now, let, let's, let's change love to Jesus. If you change love to Jesus, this is what happens. Let me back up just one second. So, Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Jesus does not, does not demand his own way. Jesus is not irritable. Jesus keeps no record of when it has been wrong. Jesus has never been glad in injustice or unrighteousness, but rejoices when truth wins out. Jesus never gives up. Jesus never loses faith. Jesus is always hopeful. Jesus endures through every circumstance. Understand, Jesus is doing this for us. Now, can we put Christian on that? See, we are to be Christ-like. Now, many of us, we've heard this over and over again at these wedding ceremonies. It is not, it's not, you know, uh, you know, young couple get up there, they, you know, they're all in love, starry-eyed, they're looking, and they're looking at one another, and it's like, yes, it, it's, it's not boastful. It, it, it doesn't keep any record of wrongdoings. So then they go on their, they go on their honeymoon, got the honeymoon, it's been a week together, no, no wrongdoings during the week, they just love one another. Come home. Yeah. He, this is his first time biblically being with her, living with her. He go to the bathroom, he leave the toilet seat up. It's dark. <laughs> she gets up. She goes to the bathroom. Boosh! <laughs> Think she might have started keeping that record now. <laughs> you know what you needed? Da, da, da. He sleep. Because that toilet seat been up for quite some time. He sleep and he's woken up by now behind all wet. Da, 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 da. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. He goes back, happens again. Cause see, he grew up. He a man. He flipped the toilet seat up. She keeping a record of the wrongdoings. The next morning, he think he gonna see some breakfast. No breakfast. He he forgot. She really don't cook. So this is a 21st century woman. So she really don't cook. He like, man, I'm sure I'm hungry. She like, well, I got a McDonald's card. He wanted breakfast. He works hard all day, comes back. He's thinking dinner's going to be there. No dinner. She like, well, I can pick up some Popeyes. He want Popeyes. He wanted what his mama did. She ain't his mama. The, the record... <laughs> The record is being kept. Now, it was something that my father told me before I had got married. And I want to continue on this trek a little bit. My father told me, what you expect is not going to happen. That's a deep statement. I, and, that, and then elaborate. You know, elaborate, you're going to say that kind of, like you yelled off of Star Wars. You don't work, work no good. You're like, what? What you talking about? What? I need you to explain. Can you give me commentary? What you expect, you won't have. What? That sounds like a t-shirt and you want the present stock. Where you get the t-shirt from? Why are you wearing a t-shirt? What does that mean to you? Ask the man again. What you expect, you won't, you won't have. What? 
I understand what you said. I heard you. I'm not understanding what you're saying. So you're going to have to live it. We have expectations that are many times not met. Especially, you know, they read this verse at marriage, and yes, you might even go through marriage counseling. But, <laughs> it ain't the same. You're like, well, I've been with her so-and-so. It's not going to be the same. When you're a boyfriend, girlfriend, you can get up and leave. Walk out. Go back to your house. Your mama house. Wherever house you're going to, you leave. When y'all were fiancé, hopefully it was just six months, it, it wasn't, you weren't living together. And even if you had chosen to shack up a little bit, shacking up and marry ain't the same thing. It's not. Even under the law, shacking up and marry ain't the same thing. Shacking up, ain't in the back of your head, you still know you can leave. But when you marry, you made a covenant. And in the eyes of the government, you made a contract. So in the eyes of God, you made a covenant. In the eyes of the, uh, the government, you made a contract. Both are saying, you made a promise. Now you got to keep. So in the back of your mind, you know you just can't walk up and leave. And we in a society see a man or woman just leave a marriage. We say, you know, you're somewhat sorry. You ain't going to try to work it out? We say that stuff because we know there's a contract, a covenant, some kind of promise. And, but what we don't do is try to live this 1 Corinthians. 13 because it's it's not easy see many times we make that love is an easy thing and that's where your expectations won't be met but you have to understand your hope can be hope and expectation are two different things hope is what you're praying for but if you live in this now i want you to understand that we had to go up to heaven to get our righteousness did we have to do anything to get our righteousness oh no Jesus came down to earth, wrapped flesh on his godly divinity. He wrapped that flesh, was born in poverty. He was born broke. He was born to broke people. They had no money. Understand, there was room at the end for the rich. There's always going to be room at the end for the rich. If Joseph and Mary had some money, Jesus would have been born in a nice place. But he had a midwife. There was no midwife. Joseph was the midwife. That means he was a doctor. He was the one, okay, okay, baby, we got, okay, okay. He was the one. He was born amongst animals. Even in today's standard, we would have called CPS on Mary and Joseph. But how Jesus was born, and then he went to Nazareth, called the city of garbage. He put on divinity and put on poverty and put on the, the sorrows of all of us for us. He met us where we are. Now, that's love. Once again, what you expect, you won't have. What does that mean? When you have expectations, you want people to meet you where you are. When you have hope, you will meet them where they are. We have marriages built on, and, and, and many of us, as I was talking to some men who were in my age group who were married at the same time, and because I'm glad we got children in church today, the second, fourth, many of us men go into marriage saying, oh, I got the keys to the kingdom. I'm going, we go every day, all day. Now they like, I got to go work. I'm tired. Then you got kids, I'm real tired. If you don't go on somewhere. And us men will become resentful. 
We will start keeping that record strong. When I ask this night, da 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 da, and this da 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 da, we get upset. And we started keeping a record. And then on the opposite end, the wife keeping her record. We're not meeting our person where they are. We're not trying to come to a middle. We're not trying to, and, and this is the other thing love hopes all things. When you're in the midst of the valley, you should have a partner praying for you. You should have a partner praying for you. Now, I know everybody here is not married. That's fine. But we all have love. And so, when you have loved somebody, are you meeting them where they are? What if you love somebody who does not know Jesus Christ? Do you meet them where they are? Where they are does not mean I got to partake in everything they're doing. Where they are means I'm going to be on bending knee praying for you. Are you praying for the person who's in depression that you know you love? You're going to have to meet them where they are. Some of us are like, I just want you to get with it. Come on, let's get together. They are going through a process, and you need to be there praying for them in the midst of their struggle. Because I'm going to tell you, when they're out of their struggle, they're going to be happy that you were with them. Because they're going to remember everything that happened. They're going to remember. Some of us have had resentments, and this is the other thing that we do. Love, like I said, meet you where you are. Some of us got some baggage that we carry up from other love relationships. Amen? Some of us got little backpacks and some of us got huge luggage. Some of us got these huge luggage. I love somebody. They hurt me. They broke my heart. So you have trust issues with the next person. Amen? Some of us have that. And understand, Jesus said, I know you have baggage. You have a sin baggage. You have a baggage that I'm going to have to take care of. And this is what we had to do, especially us as men. Many of our women did not grow up with fathers, especially today. That's going to be a baggage issue. Some of our women have had tried to find the love that, and some other men that their father should have given them. And they trying to, and they got all these men in that baggage. And you're going to have to unpack that baggage. Some of our women have had fathers that didn't do nothing, weren't about nothing, or were not loving. Did not tell them they were beautiful. Did not tell them they were smart. As a husband, you're going to have to reaffirm, you're beautiful, baby. You look great, baby. I'm not saying you lied to them now. The dress don't look right. Baby, I don't like that dress, but I like the other dress. And I like the in-between you switching dresses. You look beautiful. But we have to do things as men that may not have occurred. Now let's flip it. Women, same thing. We got some, some situations that's going on, right? Some of us men got our baggage. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of good boys out there that get hurt by some sorry woman. And they won't be a so-called player. So they got all this baggage too. And you're going to have to unpack that too. You're going to have to unpack that hurt. Maybe mama wasn't around. You're going to have to pack that unhurt. And understand, women, when you have boys and men that are not raised by men, they're going to have some more baggage too. So we got to unpack. But we got to meet the person where they are. Many times we don't want to do that kind of meeting. We want them to be where we are. And how dare they not be where we are? We are upset and angry. And God is saying, you got to, you, if you want to be Christ-like, Christ didn't have them come upon high. He came down low. Are you willing to go down low for somebody? Are you willing to go into the nitty-gritty with them? Are you willing to pray with them? 
Are you willing to hold your hand through the storm? Are you willing? And understand, it's not easy. That's the difference. We have a $50,000 wedding that we invested in for, it's not even one day. It's like a couple hours. Like five hours, a little reception. Folks give you them little sorry gifts. And some good gifts. But them gifts ain't going to last you for your marriage. We invest so much on the wedding day, but we didn't invest into the marriage. We didn't invest into the love. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to tell you the biggest thing that you're going to have to do in your relationships. You're going to have to meet, and it's not just marriage, this is sisterhood, brotherhood, this is your friends. You're going to have to meet them where they are. If mama not right, you're going to have to meet them where they are. And some of our parents that have provoked us to wrath, and you got to understand where they have come from. Because their parents have provoked them from wrath. They were forgotten about, not loved like they should have been. So you're going to have to go where your parent is. That's what love does. Love does not put people on pedestals. Love puts people in reality. So that's, that's what we had to get to. Some of us, especially some of us, man, we like, you know what? This is not what I expected. And we're ready to leave. Right? I know I ain't crazy talking. Some of my men, well, I'm, this ain't what I expected. I, I want to get up out of this. This, this ain't where I, I was told. This ain't what I saw on TV. This, this, this ain't, this, this ain't what, and then we'll go back to mom and daddy. You don't know what happened to mom and daddy behind the closed doors. But mom and daddy were always together. You don't know how that together was put together. But you, you looking at it. And you're like, this is not what I expected. But us men have to get on bending knee. And we got to pray for our wives. Especially our wives. Especially our women. Because our women have never been some stay-at-home mamas normally. Amen? Our women were brought here to work. Our women, even after slavery, had to still work as maids, as cooks, as whatever. They have always had to work and didn't take care of the house. And then daddy was getting beat down at the job, called all kind of names. We were already conditioned like this. And this is what the situation is today. Like I said, men of our women don't know how to cook. Do we, as men, get angry? I will tell you the other advice my dad gave me, and we're going to keep moving. He gave me this. You need to learn how to cook. Because you'll learn. <laughs> Can I finish? I mean, I appreciate it, though. You need to learn how to cook so that you know patience. See, when we cook it out of the microwaves, that's one, two minutes. Meal really is not good. I don't care what, even you put the lasagna in. Put lasagna in for the 18 versus putting in the stove. Two different lasagnas. Same company, but two different lasagnas. That lasagna out of the stove, the cheese all melted nice. Ain't nothing, no burnt pieces. It's just good. The one out of the microwave, you better cut it in the middle. Because all the things around the side is all burnt. No matter what time you got. What am I trying to tell you? We have to then sometimes put on some stuff that we normally didn't expect. We may have to pick up some chores that we didn't normally expect. We may have to help around the house. It wasn't until my wife could not walk for a period of time that I understood some of the things she had to do taking care of our, our daughter at the time. 
I'm like, man, this girl go bathroom a lot. That's a lot of change of diapers. I, she get up at the middle of the night all night, all the time. But she was going through that and not saying anything. That's a blessing. But I need to help out. You see, I had to meet her where she was. And God will force you at times to meet your person where they are. She literally could not walk for three months. I guess I'm going to have to meet you where you are. Because you now can't get up in the middle of the night and get these girls. I have to get up and look at her crazy. Like, really, you going to get up now? Brother got to go to work tomorrow. But you got to meet them where they are. Amen? And so, this is John 13, 35. Be this, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Do we have love for one another? See, these are the fruits. And understand, we have to be intentional. But understand this, you cannot do it yourself. You go out there and it's like, I'm going to love you need to be intentional with your walk with the Holy Spirit, but you yourself cannot love like you're supposed to love in God. Why do I say that? We were born, we're still battling against our old nature. We have no condemnation, but we do have temptation. When your wife is not talking to you right, some of us men can get on the job site, and we got some secretary or whoever, oh, you look real nice today, Mr. Morrell. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mr. Morrell, man, you're one of the best attorneys out there. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And she's gloating on you and doing all that stuff. You have to be watchful because, see, when Satan is always busy, never idle. When he knows things are going wrong at the house, he can throw some temptation at the job site. When he knows something's going wrong at the house, he can throw temptation right here up at the church. The same flip side can go for our ladies. You know, you can't talk to your husband, so now you're talking to somebody at work. Man or female. All your business at the house is at the job. And he don't do this right. He don't want to put down the toilet seat. I just don't understand. He is just something else. I wouldn't take that child. I, want, I, want, I don't think I'm going to take it either. Girl, I'll file for divorce today. But let's file for divorce. I'll show you how, girl. Let's get on Google. The next thing you know, you're getting served at the job site. We're getting divorced. And then you're showing the secretary. See, that, see how the hot mess has started? And some people want to see the downfall of your love, especially Satan. He wants to see the downfall of the love that God has put together. Understand this. God says nothing can pluck you out of my hand. But understand, Satan knew, Lucifer himself knew that God loved Adam. But he said, you know what? I'm going to get in the ear of uh, Eve. That sure does look good to Eve. Yeah, it does. He holding stuff back from you. Maybe he is. Adam, won't you take and eat? You see how seamless that was? And then when we get caught in trouble, we want to blame everybody else. And God said, we got to look at ourselves. Did you trust me? Did you go to me? Did you ask me? They had a personal walking relationship. They could, he could have said, God got, Satan is here, the serpent telling me, you're holding things back from me. God, is that true? Eve could have asked that question, and God would have answered her. Adam could have answered, asked that same question, and God himself, face to face, would have answered. 
But now because they did not even want to talk to God, there's a separation between man and, and God. But Jesus Christ has bridged it. But if you have a question to God, he will still answer it. Before we act, before we do these things, before we talk to the secretaries or our friends or get on the phone or get on Facebook or text somebody, won't you talk to your God first? Because I'm going to tell you, your God is meeting you where you are. He says, I have a God they love. Whatever question you have for me, I have unconditional love that I'm going to throw right back at you. So you can ask me any question. You want to ask, you want to ask why your baby daddy ain't right? Ask God and get deep with it. Because you got to get deep with it. Because when you get deep with it, you're going to have to look in your mirror too. And God's going to say, well, look at the mirror, baby. If you want to know why the baby mama ain't right, get with God. And if you want to understand, God, where do you want me to go? Get with God. Too many times we trying to, once I said, fix our own foundation, we all have been guilty of it. Maybe these people have the job stressing me out. Maybe I need to start looking for another job. And God is saying, I didn't tell you that. Maybe I need to look for another man. God did not tell you that. You've been working in your flesh. And God is saying, I want you to walk in your spirit. You've been just wilding in the flesh. And God said, I want you to run in your spirit. You've been just sitting in your flesh. And God said, I want you to stand and praise my name in the spirit. I'm telling you, you have a God almighty that loves you unconditionally. No matter what you've been doing, no matter what you've been saying, no matter who you've been with. God has said, I love you more than life itself. I gave my son to you. I love you. And I have a plan for you. I just don't want death for you. I got a plan for you. There's nothing that's holding me back from my love for you except you. So what will you do today? What will you do today? Love is the foundation.